you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Eric. Marcus, what is that? Andrew, I'm a scared. You're, I'm a scared. If you're scared and I'm a scared, what are we going to do? Where's Eric? Ah, it's me, you fools. It's it was me the whole time. <laughs> right, I should have noticed from the video. Uh-huh. Hey, There's a video you know, you know, You know what's going on, guys? What's going on, buddy? It's the end of October. I'm sorry. Spooky-tober. Thank you. It's oh, Halloween time. horrifying month. Uh, uh-huh. This has been a... We've had a lot of scary, kooky, weird sham fictions this month. Please tell me you're giving me something good for All Hallows' Eve. Oh, we're giving you something good. We are giving you the classic Wes Anderson film... Wait a second. Scream. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds From amazing. The visionary who brought you Fantastic Mr. Fox <laughs> yeah. comes the 1996 horror God. thriller. You guys did your research, I can tell. Uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, I think you're mistaking this for the midnight coterie of nocturnal intruders. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, European name of the film. Uh, uh, Man, so, I just yeah, got that Scream. joke now. Scream, directed by Wes Anderson, and uh, the script <laughs> by Kevin Williamson. Do you know who Kevin Williamson keep... is, Eric? I Do you understand? No idea. Would, no would idea. you know if I said, if I talked a little bit about the Dawson? The Dawson? Kevin, yeah, that's right. He's like, James da- the Vanderbeek. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> that is exactly James what Vanderbeek. I meant. Wrote Wes Anderson's Scream. Uh, um, we are doing Scream, right? We're Let doing just... Scream. Okay, I just wanted to confirm. <laughs> we are doing Scream, yes. The original right. Scream. Not Scream 2, 3, or 4. Nor the, scream. the television series that is currently out. Or the reality what? series related to the television series, Scream Queens. <laughs> None of that. Just 1996 Scream. Yay. These are the That's things fantastic. that you shouted about in the '90s before *Phantom Menace* came out. Oh, I can't even. I can't even remember that world. Yeah, the pre pre menace. Yeah. So I think we should be a little considerate to the authors here and say Kevin Williamson did create *Scream* at this franchise. He's actually rarely and a rare thing. He's a writer above the title of the film, which very rarely happens. Um, uh, I don't even think he was Dawson big at the time. Dawson's Creek, for those who are completely lost. Um, and then also the director, not Wes Anderson. Even though I completely see the confusion. I get it, Marcus. It's cool. Um, Wesley Snipes. Uh, uh, nope. <laughs> That's Blade. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that's the guy <laughs> with the katanas and the guy named Whistler. Uh, no, this is this is Wes Craven. The, so you're uh, calling him a coward. Oh my goodness, this is off to a really rocky start. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no horror maestro i'm writing all this down horror maestro wes craven who uh sadly passed away uh recently um director of uh some of the most classics in horror film in- including this and a nightmare on elm street he is the the father of the freddy actually scream 4 was his last film there you go yeah so he directed, I believe, all four of them. He did. That is correct. The first three of the Scream trilogy came out within five years. But you all at home have Wikipedia. What you don't have is access to the shaman good mind of Eric Carlson. So I think it's time we start our pitch properly. Let's do it. And we fill him in on this 90s classic. Yeah, fill me up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right. That's where we're going with this. Uh, first of all, I should say this is going to be a uh, content mature podcast. Yeah, fuck there's... you, kid. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There oh. it is. According to IMDb, there are 30 fucks in this movie. I looked that up. Like the words or the action? You be the judge. You be <laughs> That's the judge. A <laughs> That's a heavy... Uh... Heavy rotation of yeah. Let's 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 let tell me about it. Okay. What's going on? So you may not have seen this movie, but it is part of your mind grapes. It is wait a in second. There. What the heck did you just say? <laughs> your mind grapes. You know, like Tracy Jordan. <laughs> okay. Uh, everything that's good in life I learned from Thirty Rock. I love but, it. So you, you know some of the feel of this movie because you've seen it referenced in other places. And one of the things that's really striking is that the opening scene of this movie is the call from inside the house, right? It's it's Drew Barrymore. She's making some popcorn. She's going to watch a video of a horror film. Yep. And she gets a, a phone call from a guy who just is totally creeping on her. Uh-huh. And after she hangs up on him a couple times, then she starts chatting with him, kind of flirting a little bit, you know, girl stuff. And then, uh, this is then the 90s says, before yeah, online dating, you know, and before, before cell phones of everything. And you, yeah, we, we were in, lived in constant fear of everything around us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she's on her, uh, huge cordless phone and it's making the chunky. popcorn on, on the skillet. She's not Ooh. in a microwave scenario here. Jiffy pop. That's fantastic. Jiffy pop. And uh, he just starts harassing her and then quizzing her about horror films. And then she flicks on the patio light and her boyfriend is, is tied up there. And she gets a horror f- trivia question wrong. And then he gets dismembered. And then huh? she gets another one wrong and she get killed real good. Oh, dag. Yeah. Yeah, so Drew Barrymore, excellent in the opening of this film, <gasps> but ends up real kilt. Aww. Um, which is a tradition they did in the other films as well. They brought in a big star for the opening segment just to be kilt good. Yeah, it's and, and the, these opening segments, I uh, just recently watched both this one and the second one, are really, really well constructed. They're very scary, and yeah, Drew Barrymore's performance is excellent. It is incredibly terrifying to watch, um, and, 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 and it doesn't hold back. She gets a, a pretty gruesome death scene near the end. Oh, yes. Yeah, this is a gruesome movie. Anytime there's a death, you see lots of stabos. Yay. And lots of stuff falling out of the stabo wounds. Sure. Um, so, 
that's a bummer. And all her friends find out about it the next day, right? Most yeah. importantly, Sydney Prescott, played by the one and only Nev Campbell, who She's the only unfortunately one. is coming up on the year anniversary of her mother's murder. So Whoa. she just thought she was going to put all this murdering behind her, but then every time she thinks she's out, they pull her back in. Dang and murderers. The murderers. They're the worst, right? Oh, man. Just the uh, they, waste. They pee on the seat, and <gasps> they don't take off their boots, which have mud and urine They don't on them. knock. They don't knock. They don't knock. You know, when he was calling her, long distance, collect. <laughs> yeah. Rude. Just phone just bill rude. through... The roof. Inconsiderate, these killers. Uh, so Sydney's, you know, notably bummed out that this other murderer is happening. You know, bringing back all these murder feels. And uh, she has to sort through it with her friends. But then more people start getting murdered. And, and there are people who are dressing up in the same Halloween costume as the Scream Killer, uh, who is known as Ghostface. Because face. his costume, you see, has the face of a ghost. That is his visage uh, that he assumes when he is doing the kilting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's known, they make it very aware that this is a very common Halloween costume. So even at some point, there are people running through the hallways of school dressed like that. Some stupid high school kids trying to scare people. So it's like anybody could be in the ghost face mask. Wow. It's, it's creepy. Uh, so, Andrew, why don't you tell us about Sydney's lovely boyfriend? Sure. So, uh, Sydney's boyfriend, his name is Billy. Billy okay. Loomis. And Billy, he's just, you know, one of these high school boys that just really wants to get laid. As he describes it, he and Sydney, when they started dating, were rated R. And now they've dropped down to a PG-13. <laughs> so just hand stuff mostly hand stuff over the clothes and that even makes her uncomfortable because Sydney's mom died a year ago and she's still getting over that and Billy's coming on a little too strong a little too strong uh-huh. high school boys you know you get it um, so that's kind of their thing in their relationship is there, there's, there's a sexual frustration between the two of them could that be dangerous who's to say because the killer could be anybody. Could it be Sydney? Ooh, that is some people say not that the case. Some people say it in the movie, though. They do. It's true. They speculate. There's, There's wild speculation. Though we do, what? I will uh, say, because it's early in the movie, we do see Ghostface try and attack Sydney, and yes. she escapes because she's really our POV character for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because it's a horror movie, a POV vignettes from the victims, but this is Sydney's movie. It's about her. Uh, Billy is the creepiest creep, is my <laughs> interpretation of him. Uh, and he's got creepy hair, and he breaks, like, climbs into her room, which I guess was cute in the 90s. But he just, <laughs> like, you know breaks into her Clarissa? room. She explained it all. The first time we see creepy Billy is he breaks into her room at night. And says, hey, why aren't we having sex all the time? Oh, what? Because your mom died? Psh. You know, so it's uh, Marcus. It, sounds like, it was a year it ago. Like good Get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. 
Yep. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> we got other characters who are also great. There is Tatum Riley, who is Sydney's BFF. Uh, she is played by Rose McGowan before she had a gun leg. Oh. Uh, yep. This is the 90s after all. Yep, for all you Charmed fans in would the have, audience. Would have... <laughs> He laughs at that. Like is from Charmed and not from Planet Death or Planet Terror. Planet Terror. Yeah, I am aware. I was merely pointing out another thing that she was in. I know. I just, I just would like her to have a gun leg. Also, maybe she did. That show was on for a long time. She could have. Who knows what happened? Yeah. (laughs) She was a witch in that show. She could have turned her leg into a gun anyway. Tatum. So Tatum, she's you know she's the BFF. She's the you go girl. Uh, supporting Sydney and everything she's going through. Good friendship. Uh, They're friends. Good friendship. They're friends. Yeah. They're all sorts of friends. So, you know, a little support there, a little friendship, a little solidarity. You know who's not a good friend and who's kind of a Who's not dummy? a good friend? Who? Stu. Why would you say that? Because he's played by Matthew Lillard. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, shaggy himself uh, is in this film. Not so shaggy in this one. Um... So Stu is Tatum's boyfriend, and Stu is a bro. He's kind of annoying. He's pretty yeah. yeah, he picks on people. Uh, he's just he comes on a little strong. In the he way says that, fuck awful things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 not great. Not great. Yeah, and he's especially not great to the hero of the film. The hero of the Randy film, Randy Meeks. <laughs> Uh-huh. Randy. Randy Meeks. Uh, what a good name for a Meek kind of guy. Uh, Jamie might Kennedy. Be horny, I guess. <laughs> it's very interpretive. Who here. isn't? So Randy Meeks. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. He works at this place that um, was a brick and mortar Netflix in the nineties. Yeah, explain this to um, me, Marcus. Like, how does so this work? Instead of pressing a button at home to stream a movie, you would you would take a vehicle to this. I don't know shack. Uh, shack, you say? Some sort of shack, a, a hut, a buster of blocks. And in there, they would have <laughs> these analog rectangles that were filled with spools of pictures and sound. Okay. That you would put in your home picture sound box. <laughs> and that was how you Netflix back then. <laughs> this sounds so like he's a the lot guy, of work. He's the guy who works there. <laughs> and he knows everything about movies. Oh, and yes, so he does. He Especially the horror on. films. Yeah. Oh, we're in oh. a horror film. He knows oh, it. That's not, you know, suspicious. Yeah. He's definitely not the killer. He's not the killer. No, you know He's what? Not the killer. It could be anybody. But could no, be anybody. Randy. Randy's not the killer. But it could but be it's anybody. Not Randy. It, it, but it could be anyone. Could be it's anyone. Probably Billy. But it's probably not Randy. It might be Stu. But it could be, could be Tatum. She hangs out with Sydney a lot. <laughs> Have we ruled out Sydney? I, we, you know what? We said that we aren't. So. What about Wes Anderson? <laughs> no. Upset that he didn't get to direct the picture. Had a plan. Had a vision for it. Gosh, this film's meta. That makes it like super meta. That's like beyond so, anybody in 96 could possibly fathom what you're saying so right now. The important thing about Randy, Eric, is that yep. he knows the rules. So he knows what causes people to die in horror films. And we know that the killer knows how horror films work, too. So Randy's able to go, ah, 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 don't go off into the woods because that's how you die, right? 
or yeah. don't go have sex because that's how you die. Makes so he's sense. helping people survive as the film goes on. But he might gotcha. be the killer. Who knows? Who knows? Eh. Okay. Is David Arquette in this film, Andrew? <laughs> you full well he is. <laughs> I was hoping. Oh, man. Man, Marcus, this is a big movie for me because not only do I love Scream for it being Scream, but it was also where two lovebirds met. One, Mr. David Arquette, who plays Deputy Sheriff Dewey Riley, uh, who is this uh, 25-year-old young deputy for the local police. What's his name? Dewey! Dewey Dewey. Riley. Call him Dewey. Tatum's brother. Tatum's brother. And Tatum shows him no respect, I tells you. No respect. Most of the kids don't, because Dewey is a young police officer. Um... But Dewey, he's a sweetheart, you know? He's just trying to do his job, but he's a bit clumsy. He's not that good at it. How you say he's, uh, clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> but the second you half just, of this lovebird duo... back the prequels. This, this, <laughs> my goodness. Um, the second half of this lovebird duo is none other than Gail Weathers. Gail! Played by Courtney Cox Arquette, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, it's where these two lovebirds met. Uh, So Gail. uh, Gail is a news reporter, and she wrote uh, a book about the murder of Sydney's mom. Gail doesn't think that the guy who's going to the electric chair for her death did it. She thinks someone else did it. And Sydney's like, no, Gail, you're wrong. That guy did it. And Gail's like, who's to say? People are being killed again. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> and uh, the killer did tell Sydney that he also killed her mom. So Sydney is now, for the first time, having some doubt. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two more characters I want to introduce to you real quick. Yep, do it. And then, then we'll talk about what you got to do. But these are Good just Lord. side characters that I love. Yeah. You don't even have to write them down, but you should. Because either of them could be the murderer. Uh, first could there's Kenny. Kenny, who is Gail's dumpy cameraman. He's pretty dumpy. Yeah. He eats lots of he's, chips. What is he from, Wisconsin? He's hey, just, whoa, he's just Wisconsin a little, listeners. Eric, we need How to pause. Eric, Eric, we apologize. I apologize on Eric's behalf. Let's not isolate our Wisconsin v- listeners. I assume that they're also merry. <sighs> uh, so Kenny is just the, the, sh- the schlubby cameraman who she abuses. Uh, and then... My favorite is Principal Himry, played by none other than Henry Winkler. And I'd like to think that that is not the inspiration for the name Himry. (laughs) Himry. Henry playing Himry, but uh, with the way these people are named, I don't know. Kevin Williamson, like Wes Craven just said, we got Henry Winkler to play the principal. And Kevin Williamson was like, Himry? Principal Henry, just, played just by the Fonz, who at one point threatens to kill two students. Oh, neat. He could be the killer. The I did notice, and this is the first view that I noticed this, that uh, the principal opens a closet at one point, and there's a Fonzie jacket inside. Ay. Easter egg. Ay. Fantastic. Beautiful. So those are all the characters, and one of them, or more of them, is the murderer. Uh, and a bunch of them get murdered. Perhaps all of they're, them are the murderers. I was going to say, they're all the murderers. It could be they're anybody at this together. point. We didn't say that Deputy Sheriff Dewey Riley could have been the killer, but he could be the killer. 
He's not it's very good at his job. That a couple of them are the walrus. Or even the Eggman. Goo goo gajoob. You got it. You got it. Fantastic. Uh, so what is this about? It's about Sydney. That's the important thing to remember. Is she's going through a real terror now. She questions whom she can trust because she's dating a creepy creep boy. Mm-hmm. And she may have sent the wrong man to murder jail. Okay. And, you know, it's just a real drag because everyone's getting murdered and stabbed. It's always stabbing, but sometimes it's not stabbing. So some of the big things that define this movie, <laughs> other than the stabbing and and murder prisons, or murder jail, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so Don't want to get sent to murder jail. This film is incredibly aware of itself, and it plays with more horror movie cliches. So Randy is, is the, the, the chief... Uh, spouter of the horror movie cliches and, 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 and tropes. He says them out loud. He says these rules out loud during the film. Yeah. Um, and so the movie tends to play with those tropes. It both buys into them and plays them out, and then it also reverts from them. So it's, It sets it, up your expectations. Mm-hmm. So sometimes your expectations are right, and sometimes... They're dead wrong. Oh, dead wrong. <laughs> so lots of movie references and and, 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 and call-outs <laughs> to the movie. Though there is no, like, we're in a movie, you know, fourth wall breaking stuff. It's not like that. Right. It's kind of like uh, a movie that we all love, uh, Cabin in the Woods, in, in some aspects. Oh, that's, that's, uh... Yeah? Yeah, I would definitely say... Different, different levels of quality. Uh, well, that's in Marcus's opinion, but yes, I would say that Wait, Cabin in the Woods in this... You uh, don't like Cabin in the Woods? Is that what you're telling me, Marcus? Because you can just get out. You're misinterpreting <laughs> some things that have been said. Just get right out. So this film, but in that, it's a self-referential and it plays with those cliches and those, yeah. those genre tropes. I think that's a very good comparison, Andrew, and I don't think Cabin in the Woods would have been made in the same way had Scream not been made. Agreed. It was a lot That's to one it. of the difficulties of watching things that are decades old, uh, because you've seen the derivatives at that point, and for me, there have been some that have played better to me than Scream did I or mean, does you today. Know, you know what played great? Uh, anything that the Wayans brothers have ever done. Yeah. Oh, hey, tell like me more. Scary movie. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I've Which seen the those. original title of Scream. Was scary movie. Scary movie. Yeah. Dig. Uh, yeah. So there, like Andrew said, there's constant references to this. It's it's very much in the text. The killer will always quiz people. Like that's his deal. He calls people and he's like, "Hey, who was the the second boy grip on?" Nightmare on Elm Street. And they're like, what is that? Is that even a, a thing? And then he stabs them. But only being, if they get it wrong, right? Not being pedantic enough. Yeah. So the the, the, the key line here, the, the, the line that goes down in film history is, what's your favorite scary movie? That's his first question. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's his icebreaker. Wow. Yeah. Let me write that down. What's your favorite scary movie? And the other key and thing so, that is, like, in... You, you, you can't separate this movie from when it was made. Uh, it oh, is, it's so it 90s. is so 90s. So when you write this, you have to set it in 1996 or earlier. <laughs> it, or I should say, set it in 19... Like, in the 1990s. You can't reference anything later than the 90s. 
No Titanic references. Uh, if Ooh, you're setting it in 1996 uh, when this was made, then no. Yeah. No, no no Titanic references. No prequel references? No. No prequel references. Ah. I, uh, I just can't imagine what that world was like. Yeah. <laughs> you were so, alive! I don't remember anything before Menace, <laughs> man. It was your awakening and rage. <sighs> uh, so... I love the Phantom Menace, guys. Uh, certainly, certainly more than most people, um, which doesn't take much. the The place to set your scene most likely is at this big party that Stu throws once the school gets closed for everyone getting killed. Oh, jeez. Because uh, everyone's getting killed, and then Stu says, "Hey, let's have a party at my house, everybody." And there's underage drinking, and sure. Tatum's brother, Dewey, the sheriff, shows up. He's like, it's cool, nerds. You can drink. And then also Gail Weathers is there because she's like, hey, I like that underage sheriff who lets people drink underage. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's there, and there's a big party. And that probably means Ghostface going to be there. Oh. Wow. And much like X, he going to give it to you. Ooh. <laughs> 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 uh, that is true. That is a true statement. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, though I, I will say that Gail Weathers, she's 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 got ulterior motives. She's trying to get the story. There's a lot of she media in this film. Book. Like the, yeah. uh, the 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 news people. There are vans all over the place. There are people constantly shoving microphones in Sydney's face. Um, the press attention for the, these murders is very big and is very present. Did you say microphones? What's that? Did you say microphones? You know what? If I didn't, I should have. Bonus point, Eric. Nifrophones. <laughs> okay. Nifrophones. I like it. Uh, the deadliest uh, of recording devices. Quick, quick question. Yeah. Who's throwing this big party? Stu. Is the that dumb jack boy. The, the boyfriend. Tatum's boyfriend. Tatum's boyfriend. Yeah, the annoying bro guy. Yeah. You got it. Matthew Lillard. Neat. I just realized maybe we didn't say his name. <laughs> we just called him Matthew Lillard. <laughs> So, I think, unless you have any other questions, we can give you your bonus points and send you on your way. Bring me the points. All right, Andrew, I'll let you go first. All right. So, my bonus points is that there need to be at least three horror movie references in your sham fiction, and I, I want to guess them. Okay. <laughs> nice. Can do. Marcus. All right, so this movie, as we've discussed, is the most 90s thing. So there's yeah. 90s clothing, 90s hair. Yeah. But the best part is that there's 90s tech, like that Ooh. cordless phone. Yeah. And my favorite scene in this movie <laughs> is when they're trying to envision the future, and she can't get the call through to 911. So she goes to a computer that's connected to, I assume, oh, yes. like a 28K modem. And uh-huh. types out 911, and then the words come back, how can we assist you? Like, she's trying to have a <laughs> dial-up wow. chat with 911 while, while the murderer's arm is reaching into a room and just stabbing wildly. <laughs> so, show me some lovely 90s tech. That, and, I found wow. that scene happy inexplicable. <laughs> it was, it was just like they're future-proof in the movie. They're I mean, like, you I, know, in a few years, people are just going to say, why wouldn't she just email the police? <laughs> they said, no, no, we got this. <laughs> uh, you know, I, this is going to be a tough one because 90s tech, I mean, if it came before the prequels, I don't know what that looked like. Was it 
like double-ended lightsabers. Is that was that you a tech at the time? Single end at the time. Single oh, jeez. See, I don't know. This is going to be tough. That's good. See, yeah. Eric, as writers, we need to stretch ourselves. We need to try new things. Ugh. You can watch some Saved by the Bell if that helps. Yeah, that would, that would that? be a good one. That would be a good What's one to that? check out. What's that? Oh my Saved goodness. Saved by the Bell? Can wait, tell me does this tell me about Saved by the Bell. Can we go into that? Do we have time? We do not have time to get not. into that because okay, it would well, take, maybe I should just go right. That should be another podcast. <laughs> Alright. So I'm gonna go write Scream and I'll see you all in a few. I'm, just, I'm gonna spend that time wondering whether or not you were serious about Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I'm gonna go call Zach Morris on his really small phone. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, You're gonna so call cool. Zach Morris? Zach Morris. Zach okay. Morris, which was the name of Zach's Morris. Penis. Shut up. Yeah, we got that. We <laughs> We're got done. It. We're All done right, here. Go right. Hey, Sham listeners. If you like the show, there are two things you can do that'll really help us out. The first is subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week in 2016 without fail. That's our pledge to you. And that'll be delivered automatically to your device. Beyond that, you could really help us out by writing a review. Let other people know what the show's about, what your experience has been. And if it's positive, all the better. If you don't feel like you can write a positive review, think about it as a writing challenge. You think you're better than us? Write a sham fiction of a good review. Make us believe that you believe in us. I know you can do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Alright, Andrew, while Eric is off writing, preparing the deaths of some sexy young teenagers who are into <laughs> hijinks and being punished for it, yeah. what is your prediction about how that's going to go down? Well, I think... Well, my, my, my bonus points are going to spin off... My, I should say my secret bonus points are going to spin off my regular points, yes. regular bonus points. I, I want to guess. Uh, these are pre-guesses for what he's going to reference in his fic. So, because your bonus points were three different movie references. That is correct. Okay. And so I'm going to try and guess those three movies right Lay it here. On me. Lay it on me. Right the now. Hobbit, number one. Number one. Hobbit part signs. two. Oh, okay. Whoa. Wait. I thought you were just going to go for the three Hobbit movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think, as much as I love Lord of the Rings, I don't think I can name all three of those Hobbit movies. Oh. I don't even remember the titles of them. Oh, can I do it here? Let's see if I can do it. Oh, Desolation of Smaug. That was the second one. That was, okay. Uh, 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 oh, God, what is it? Uh, the Unexpected Journey? Or an Unexpected, unexpected Journey. journey. Yep. What the hell was the third one? It has uh, a number in it, like all good titles. Oh, Battle, Battle of the Five Armies. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Crushed it. Yeah. Oh, full, man. full points, I, Andrew. Full bonus points for oh, you. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Sham Fiction. Whatever your uh, next story is, I'm going to give you those bonus points now. You get, you okay, get a I little boost. It. Yeah, I love it. All right, but anyway, so uh, my three movies. Uh, what did I just say? I said signs. Signs. Ooh, so maybe one. maybe there'll be some aliens in it. Um, and then and then let's get let's get a little uh, let's get a little. Uh, uh, I'm completely blanking on horror movies right now. I'm a bit nervous. Um, <laughs> Well, I will point out that Signs would be an apocryphal reference, or not an apocryphal, it would uh, be a anachronistic I, reference. Yes, because, oh, we, did, did I tell him 90s? Did I tell him 90s? Well, he knows that it's 90s, because remember, my bonus points were the 90s tech, so I mm. wonder if he would limit himself to 90s horror movies. You know what? That's a good call. So let's go, let's go, let's scratch Signs. This is the longest prediction segment ever. Yeah. Uh, 
Let's keep go, them in suspense. Let's go Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Because it's the 90s. Let's go Friday the 13th. Ooh, good call. Though good call. He's, he's going to... Uh, may, he's gonna think that Jason was the killer in Friday the Thirteenth with it, which is a mistake. And it was the mom, right? Yeah, it was the mom. You you remember watching this Scream movie in which they dropped that reference? Yeah. you got this. Yeah. You know, I've seen it. I've been there. And then and then because this is uh, the Craven, the Mister West Craven. Let's let's go with uh, Freddy Krueger, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. Classic, classic. I'm choice. thinking Halloween might come in. I know it's not oh. my my prediction, but I'm just you know a slasher. Pretty classic. Pretty classic. I don't even know if he's seen it, though. Okay. But, <laughs> but to wrap it up, so for your prediction, yes. your secret bonus points, you got Silence of the Lamb, you've got Friday the 13th, and you've got Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, yes. And my prediction is going to be very simple. He should get this one. Uh, I like having secret bonus points sometimes that he actually gets, which is that he's going to realize that creepy, creepy, creepy Billy is actually the killer. Because obviously, <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy Billy was the killer. If, Spoilers. if we didn't make it, Spoilers. Uh, if we didn't make that obvious enough yeah. in the pitch segment, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty obvious in the movie. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to keep it cool. I tried to, to pull back. I know we had a little discussion before we recorded this that I shouldn't be so jaded about that part of the film. <laughs> then again, we, I, you know, maybe we hit it by the fact that we implicated everyone in yeah, the pitch. that's what I tried so. to do. I even implicated Henry Winkler. You know, the Fonz could have been the murderer. The Fonz could be the killer. He All could right. do it. Well, let's, let's bring him in. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, we're just talking about brother. you for a Fantastic. long time. Like a really long time. I noticed I've been sitting here scribbling, scribbling some creepy stuff on a piece of paper. Uh, actually, it's a napkin. Um, <laughs> a murder napkin. Guys, I did not prepare just for this napkin? episode. <laughs> just a single just, napkin? <laughs> this is going to be real quick. Just okay. improvised shaming. That's good. Uh-huh. We, we, we spent a long time in that prediction. We needed to fill the time. We, we get, exactly. We're recovering for it yet. That was I all... mean, our sponsors, our sponsors would be so upset if we did a short episode. So Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm just going to drag this content. part out too. Please do. I mean, how's everybody? How is how's the family? You know, the wives and kids doing all right? Well, yep. all of my wives are doing excellently. The kids, yep, not so of... much. Not so much. Yeah, yeah. Not getting a lot of individual dad time. I imagine. I don't have time with, with the, all the wives. With all the wives, <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't work out. Well, fantastic. You guys want to get scared or what? Yes, please. I'm ready to be terrified. Awesome. Then sit back. Don't relax too much. Because this is Scream by Eric W. Carlson. That's the W stands for wow. <laughs> sure. The shrill scream can be heard from the outside, rising and falling through several discrete tones before devolving into an incongruous babble of harmonic gargling. He listens with rapt interest as the digital tones make way for a static hiss as the loud modem connects with the server. (laughs) Had this been a weeknight, he may have assumed the sound was an indication that Mrs. Prescott was sending some electronic mail, or that Mr. Prescott was looking up some multi-kilobyte scans from the latest issues of Playboy. (laughs) This is Saturday night, however, which means that Mr. and Mrs. Prescott are spending the evening with their eccentric friends, the Castavettes leaving Sydney home alone. (laughs) It's the perfect time to strike. And that's why Billy's here. 
He edges closer to the large picture window, being sure to stay out of the bright yellow glow of the nearby street lamp. Luckily, the large oak tree out front is casting long shadows against the house, hiding Billy's tall, black-clad form. He peers inside and there she is, sitting in the computer chair, back to the window, eyes on the bright monitor, oblivious to his presence. The hairs on the back of his neck stand up for a moment. He's only 15 feet from her, but she doesn't know he's there. There's a thrill to it, and Billy takes a deep breath to steady himself and smells the rubbery plastic of the mask. He wishes he could take it off and breathe fresh air, but keeping his face hidden is a necessary precaution. The light from the street lamp is occluded for a moment, and Billy spins, only managing to see the swish of a black cloak as a figure passes by. Could it be him, he wonders? A hot fear rising within him like an elevator filled with blood. Whoever it is, they seem to be heading up the driveway towards the front of the house, around the corner from the very place that Billy now stands. He grips the knife hard in his right hand and begins moving slowly towards the corner of the house, passing cautiously in front of the large window. There is a sharp knock, which sounds like a gunshot in the silence of the quiet suburban neighborhood, and Billy freezes at the center of the picture window. He watches Sydney as she spins in her seat, attention drawn by the knock at the door, but she doesn't go to answer it. She seems to be on edge, frightened. There's another knock. Billy is holding his breath, but doesn't realize it until Sydney turns to her left and sees him standing there just outside her window, white ghost mask over his face and brandishing a 12-inch kitchen knife. She screams and pushes herself wildly to her feet, knocking over the office chair as she does so. Billy lets out his breath and swears, stumbling backwards and running towards the back of the house in a blind panic. He loses sight of Sydney, but he can hear her running through the house to get away from him. Away from Ghostface. He imagines what she must be thinking in this moment. One stranger knocking at her door in the middle of the night, another watching her from outside. She must be terrified, but at least she doesn't know that it's Billy under the mask. She doesn't, right? He makes it to the backyard just as Sydney reaches the kitchen, which he can see through the glass of the patio door. She grabs the phone off the hook and puts it to her ear, perhaps making to call the police. But a dismayed look crosses her face, and she lets the receiver drop. Billy wonders if there's something wrong with the phone for a moment, but then it clicks. The internet is on the same phone line. (laughs) Nobody will be calling this house until the computer is disconnected. A loud thud and the sound of breaking glass reaches Billy's ears, causing him to jump and drop the knife into the dewy grass. Sydney also hears it, and she darts out of view of the patio window, escaping into the dark recesses of the house, the phone's receiver swinging by its twisted cord. Billy quickly recovers the knife and jogs up to the patio door, peers inside, but then immediately jumps back. There, walking calmly into the kitchen, is Billy's double. Black cloak, contorted white face, and a large kitchen knife. It's ghost face, and he's come to kill Billy's girlfriend. His first instinct is to run, like he did when Sydney saw him, but it's apparent that ghost face hasn't spotted him yet. The light in the kitchen is bright enough to render Billy invisible out in the dark backyard. The killer scans the kitchen, ghastly blank eyes roving this way and that. Black eyes. The devil's eyes. Fear grips him. 
He's sweating, and he's breathing as if he's just run a marathon, but Ghostface walks out of the kitchen, tracing Sydney's steps. Though the door is closed, Billy can distinctly hear Ghostface say, Here, kitty, kitty, as he prowls into the next room. Sydney. The thought of his girl snaps Billy out of it. He came here for a reason, after all. He's not wearing the same disguise as the killer just to be cute. He's here to protect the woman he loves. <gasps> he takes a deep breath and silently opens the patio door, stepping into the bright yellow light of the kitchen. Leaving the door open behind him, he listens to the deathly quiet of the house for a long moment and ascertains that Ghostface is currently walking up the creeping stairs towards the second level. Perfect. First things first, Billy has to get the phones working again. After confirming the garbled hiss of the internet coming through the dangling phone receiver, he rushes out of the kitchen and into the living room, noting the shards of glass at the nearby front door where Ghostface muscled his way in. He approaches the glowing space-age hulk of the 19-inch CRT computer display, <laughs> a strange website occupying all of the monitor's real estate. The pattern of light and dark squares and the rudimentary representations of chess pieces on screen tells him that Sydney had just begun a game with a friend online. A text box labeled Tatum BFF appears in the center of the screen, and Billy watches as a message from Sydney's best friend is typed out letter by letter. It reads, Hey Sids, your turn. Get your head out of the J&B and play. The bottle of Mr. Prescott's J&B Canadian whiskey <laughs> is indeed sitting there to the left of the keyboard, cap lying next to the bottle as if Sydney had been taken pulls. Setting the knife down on the desk, he quickly replies to Tatum's message saying, Send help. Killer in the house. He hits return, but a large hourglass icon appears over the cursor and nothing more happens. <laughs> Billy wiggles the mouse, but it isn't responding to his touch. He physically shakes the monitor. Nothing. Frustration rises inside him. He tries hitting the power button on the massive off-white computer tower, but there's absolutely no response. <laughs> he knows that if he can't get help via Tatum, at very least, he needs to, the, to sever the computer's internet connection so that he can use the phone to call the police. Without another thought, he grabs the bottle of JMB and pours the contents into the computer's access panel, sending up sparks and shutting down the computer with a small puff of smoke. <laughs> Cheating bitch, he says under his breath. <laughs> Satisfied, he picks up the knife and turns to head back towards the kitchen and the telephone within. But it's too late. Standing a mere ten feet away, backlit by the light of the kitchen, is the ghost-faced killer, who immediately lunges towards him, large knife thrust forward. Time slows for a moment, and Billy can't help but be disappointed by the fact that his plan had apparently not worked at all. <laughs> by dressing as, a, as the killer's twin, he was hoping to confuse Ghostface into thinking that maybe he was on his side, as if to say, See? We're all knife murderers here. <laughs> it relied on his hypothesis that out of all the kids that had been dressing up as the killer in the weeks leading up to Halloween, none of them had yet ended up dead. It seemed like a suit of armor that would protect him and confuse Ghostface long enough to let Sydney get away safely. So much for that idea. 
All thought of self-preservation flees him in this moment, and Billy comes back to the present with a firm grip on his knife and a fire in his belly. He screams a loud war cry and meets the killer in the middle of the living room, burying his blade deep into Ghostface's taut, surprisingly small frame. <gasps> Billy's war cry turns into a scream of agony as Ghostface's blade also finds its mark deep in his gut. The pain is like a massive weight that has suddenly planted itself on his stomach, rendering him motionless. He falters, loses his grip on his knife, and tumbles to the ground, clutching at his hot, gaping wound. He's suddenly aware of another scream, this one high-pitched and feminine. And although Billy can't see her in this moment, he imagines that she has walked into the room to find two masked murderers collapsing in a bloody pile in the center of her living room. But no, the scream is too close, as if right on top of him. Panic hits him harder than a sledgehammer to the head, and he's now struggling to breathe. Through the exertion and pain, he manages to pull off his ghost mace, ma he manages to pull off his ghost mask and gasps at the fresh air. A soft, muffled voice reaches his ears. Billy? She says. You're the killer? No. Not that. Don't let it be true, he pleads to himself. Unable to speak, Billy reaches over to the black-clad form lying next to him on the carpet and tugs at the white mask. It pulls away easily, and he drops it in shock as his eyes meet those of Sidney Prescott. It doesn't make any sense, and his mind whirs as he tries to justify what his girlfriend, why his girlfriend would be dressed like Ghostface. But then it all suddenly makes too much sense. He manages to say, Trying to trick the killer. He coughs and feels the blood soaking into the shag around him. You too? She gasps for breath and responds, Yeah, he <coughs> doesn't kill his own kind. He nods at this. Then after a moment he smirks, We're all knife murderers here, <laughs> he says. She laughs. Then a deep voice draws their attention to the third ghost face standing in the door to the kitchen. You guys are weird, <laughs> he says simply, then walks out the patio door and into the night. The end. <laughs> oh, boy. Scream. Oh, that was scream. Wesley well, did you scream? scream. Did it make you want to scream? Oh, man, that was good. I enjoyed that. And for you listening at home or in the car, or really anywhere, as long as you're listening and you're not in any of these three rooms right now where you can see Eric's face, it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Eric was so it's intense so while he was reading oh, that. Okay. It was okay. just like this thousand-yard stare as he's telling the story of all the stabbing and the blood and even worse, the 90s dial-up. It was it was terrifying. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that was the most terrifying part for me. Was just remembering those terrible terrible days. <laughs> well, you couldn't use the phone phone and the internet at the same time. And the internet uh, was a limited thing. It wasn't always on. That used to be how they advertised broadband. It was an always on internet connection. Like that was a, <laughs> a key selling point. Oh gosh, I love the future. Love living here in the future. It's pretty good. Yep, pretty, 
pretty good. Not too bad. Not bad. So, so I am incredibly yeah. happy right now. I this right now the the thing I'm reacting to most, other than all the horror movie references that you pumped in here and 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 uh, and uh, satisfying my bonus points, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. The the plotting of this and the reversals were so unexpected. Yeah, I I, I was completely in your hands there. Like I had no idea what was going on, and not in like an unclear way, not necessarily in uh, you know like that I was always that I was confused in a bad way. I just didn't know what was going on. <laughs> There's yeah. lots of ghost faces running around. Pretty much the maximum number of ghost faces given the number of characters I decided to write. Yeah, I think we're, we're going to have to go more into our reactions, but because you did such an interesting take on this, why don't you talk us through that process first? Sure. You know, this one wasn't really all that bad. I, I, I As far as how difficult it was to get going and how fast it was to write. Like, this one kind of just flowed out really, really quickly. Just seeped um, out of you like blood from a knife wound. Exactly. And I, um, I thought it would be fun to... Um, to do this kind of mix of horror and comedy, like it was a challenge for sure to try to to try to combine those two. But I decided to go with creepy, as creepy as possible, and end with a punchline. Um, and uh, and I, I feel like I did pretty well with it. I had fun. Um, as far as craft goes, I don't think there's like a lot that I need to say. Like I, it was fairly straightforward i don't think i did much that i haven't done did, in previous did you episodes outline? was this more of a free writing how did you this one that? this one was a bit of an outline okay. i knew the twists and turns before i wrote it if not all the moving pieces um i knew i wanted to get some of that old school computer action uh blocking the phone lines um because the the obvious i guess like format for this story would have been to do kind of like the opening of the movie that you described to me where you know somebody's in a house and they get a call and it's the killer and they ask the questions and it seemed like the most obvious way to satisfy andrew's bonus points that he wanted horror movie references so i'm like oh well the the ghost face killer will just uh ask questions but it just i didn't know how to make that different yeah. You know, it seemed like I would basically just write the exact scene that you described to me with Drew Barrymore. Sure. And I didn't want to do that. And you can't afford so like, Drew, so I, I get that. Exactly. This is a cheap, <laughs> cheap podcast. So I decided, uh, nope, no phone, not going to do that. I'm going to make the render the phone useless. And that kind of dictated the entire form to me. But yeah. that was clever because you replaced the phone, which in this movie taking place in 1996 is a landline phone with dial-up internet. You know, you, you slipped that one in there instead and made that important to this plot. So very clever and really well executed. I have to cool. say, Thank you. I loved the giant off-white computer tower because I had that. <laughs> of course it you weighed did. 200 too. pounds. It was obsolete in a day, and uh -huh. I hated every moment of loving it. Uh-huh. It, ha it I, uh... contained a 10-gigabyte hard drive and 512 megabytes of modem. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. It's almost a thing. <laughs> it's close to being a thing. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know computers. 
<laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, I think that's another podcast. Two Jackets teaches you technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's flawless. Because yeah. we're you learn idiots. So much. But you know what Fantastic. I do know, guys? What do you know, Mr. Neal? I know movies. You do? I only got <laughs> yeah. the Shining reference, but I could tell you were giggling at more than that. Oh, man. So, Eric, okay, you're going to yep. have to verify this for me, yep. but uh, I counted at least four, possibly five. Were you counting Close. the Shining Blood Elevator reference five times? Because that's the only way I could reach that count. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> we're talking about four to five individual references. Oh, wow. Uh, on me. Yep, there are they are in here. I wrote them down for reference. Uh, some of them are a little softer than others. Uh, yeah. So if you didn't catch them, I don't blame you. But yeah. I kind of just wanted to throw as many in here as possible. I did six specifically Ooh, intentionally. Okay. okay. And I'll, I'll go through them. No, no, so no. The, I, I want to do it. Or do you want? Oh, you want to guess? guess? Yeah. No, I'll, I want to guess. You know what that's, you that's the whole point. Um, okay, great. Okay, so the first one that I caught was the cast of Vets, which yep, is from, the name of what? characters from Rosemary's Baby. Got that right. So clearly, Mr. and Mrs. Prescott are Satanists. Yeah, clearly. They're uh-huh. worshiping the devil. Yep. Um, and then, yes, the elevator of blood was the I next one that, that I caught. I understood yep. that reference. From The Shining. Yep. There you go. <laughs> and then I got an incorrect reference. Um, you was an incorrect quote from Jaws. Uh, you said black eyes, the devil's eyes, oh, when it you is think I a was, doll's eyes. You think I was quoting Jaws. That's cute. Ooh. Ooh. I was that that is a line from Halloween, sir. Black eyes, the devil's eyes is a reference to uh, to you know uh, are are the guy Michael Myers. Michael Myers, that's the one. I just think Shrek and Austin Powers. It confuses me. Okay, Uh, and the one that made me happier than than all get out was uh, the J and B whiskey and the computer chess and pouring the whiskey onto the computer. All yep. of which are yep. references to the thing. And the line, cheating bitch. Cheating bitch, yep. Also. <laughs> to previously sham property, John Carpenter's ah. The Thing. Yep. Uh, yes, that was that was lovely. It took me a second. The chess reference didn't I didn't catch on until really until he she put or until Billy poured the, the, the whiskey on the That's computer. Good. So it took me a second. What took was the cheating part? The cheating, it was just to fulfill the, the thing <laughs> reference completely. I just, there's an exact moment, you know, where where he's playing computer chess, pours whiskey into the machine to break it, and says cheating bitch in the thing. So, gotcha. I just had to throw the line in yeah, there. Yeah, I'm glad you did, because it was very entertaining. And it was the one moment in the piece that I thought, hey, Billy's probably seen the thing before. And he's just saying that. Um, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so that'll segue well into the next point that I want to make, which Why? is this piece, even though it references a lot of movies, it, you know, very in the pros, you, you played with that based on my bonus points. Mm-hmm. It doesn't engage with movies in the same way that the property does. So okay. the meta element of the movie in which the characters are referencing films and then the action of the film is then a you know a direct reference to those textual um references that they're making in the dialogue right um this this doesn't really use any of those um which is a very key element of 
the original film. It's what made the film stand out. And so this piece, while I really enjoyed, again, the structure of it, doesn't really satisfy that element, that kind of identity of the, of the work itself. Sure. So I, I will say, I, I recognize that we didn't have that element, but that to me seemed like an extension of how you chose to frame this going through Billy's perspective. Because that element only exists when you're with the killer, who actually is Billy. Uh, spoilers. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to get there. That was my secret bonus points, is that you would be able to tell that the killer was obviously Billy, because he's the creepiest creep, murderer <laughs> creep. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so when you're with the killer, or when you're with, uh, what's his face, from that uh, brick and mortar Netflix. Uh, oh, oh uh, you know, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, yeah. Randy. Randy, good old Randy. Good old Randy Meeks. <laughs> Not Randall. Uh, Randy. Meeks, Meeks yeah. it rhymes with Meek. Yep. Game of Thrones <laughs> references. Anyway, uh, keep yeah. going. <laughs> so, so those those are the times where you see those references. So since you decided to do this as you know a proper thriller and put it in Billy's perspective, I was cool with not having those. Um, and I thought that what you did so well. I've been challenged on this show a couple times to have a twist. I think The Thing was one of those episodes, in fact. Yes. And it's very difficult to do in this short. And what you did so beautifully was give us that second or that third ghost face. Yeah, it's the double face. Yeah, that was that was fantastic because that genuinely caught me by surprise. And when I saw that, I was thinking, oh, is this going to be Tatum? You know, is Tatum the murderer? I didn't think that it was Sydney doing the third ghost face. And I thought that was very clever. You genuinely got me. So I give you a lot of points there. Swell. You know, I gotta, I gotta say really quick, uh, Andrew, you moved on too quickly, but I did mention that I had made six references and we only talked about four of them. There's probably like two or three people at home saying, what are the other two? Oh, I thought all three thing references. I thought the Jack Daniels, the chess. Oh, okay. So that's only one. That's all one. That's all one. Oh, Mr. Deal. So I did catch the sludgehammer to the head one. Yeah. Was, what is what is that specifically? That was a very lazy reference to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Very lazy. I didn't expect you to get that. Okay. Uh, and in fact, it probably hardly counts because it's so lazy. The other one, which I believe you missed just because you were writing how wrong I was about the <laughs> black eyes, the devil's eyes line. I was so was, happy that you were wrong and that I was wrong. <laughs> yep, and you were you were reveling in that moment and missed the killer saying, here, kitty, kitty. Which, come oh, on. Oh, it's from Alien. Yeah. Yep, yep, oh, yep, yep. Alien. Good call. Yes, too. I completely <laughs> missed that. I did not hear that. I was you're you're absolutely right in your assessment. <laughs> yep. So those are that's all six that I tried I to love it. wheedle in there. You did pretty well. You figured it out. You caught my references. I'm very happy. Yes. None of which are movies that I guessed in the secret bonus points section that I would did some pre guessing and that was my secret okay. bonus points. I mentioned Halloween. Yeah. I'll yes, say that. You, Marcus wasn't his 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 bonus points, but he did guess. He he wanted to get on the guess in action, and he correctly chose Halloween. Nice. Um, I chose Friday the Thirteenth, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Silence of the Lambs. Uh, two of those I really considered: the Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I thought about thought about uh, covering, but didn't get to them. For uh, you got some for extra ones. bonus points, Mr. Carlson. Uh, yeah. Who is the killer in Friday the 13th? <gasps> Ooh, good question. Friday the 13th? Yep. Who is the killer? Who is the killer? 
Who's the killer? In Friday the 13th. In Friday the 13th, the killer yep. would be... Um, the person the, who was the killer. Drum yeah. roll. Buying what, time for you. What's going on? Trun- I'm confused. <laughs> I feel like I'm being set up for something. Hard to say. I don't like this. Who is the killer? We're just trying to fill the airtime because otherwise it's dead air. We don't want to have dead air, air. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You could just tell me who's the killer. Oh, gosh. No, guess. What? It's, we're talking about Jason. Oh, right? oh yep. That's, that's what... Uh, that's what I thought you might say. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> That's a joke they make in Scream. The killer in Friday the 13th is the mom. Jason's the killer in the other ones. Mrs. Voorhees is the killer in the first one. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never actually seen it. Yeah. So, so that's probably my, my my problem. Well, now you know that. So the next time a psycho killer, Keska say, you know, uh, yeah. tries to stab you to death, you can yeah. say, hey, no, it was Jason's mom. doesn't matter what they're asking. Doesn't matter. That's just. Huh. It's like the secret handshake huh. that gets you out of a stabby. Yeah, they'll huh. get it. They'll understand. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. And now I know. Thank you for this learning opportunity, guys. You may have oh, just saved right. your life. So let's so, let's uh, get our final comments, Andrew. Why don't you yes. kick us off? Absolutely. Um. So yeah, this this was. I really enjoyed this piece. I was gripped all the way through trying to determine what was going on. Uh, but in a good way, as I said, I didn't feel confused by the piece. I was with it. Uh, the questions that I had were good questions. It led me further. It drew me in. And again, like that twist and the developments uh, and the use of the 90s technology. Oh, gosh, lots of good things. Um, I did, I will say uh, that I did miss the the movie references being a little bit more apparent. That is a very important element of the original property that I missed here, um, but the piece taken aside from the piece taken as it is, it was very strong. Uh, so I am gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you nine out of ten Freddy oh. Claws on my fingers. <laughs> Freddy Claus, that's pretty good. Where'd one go to get broken off in something like up someone's butthole? What's going on with <laughs> oh that? Oh my goodness, I hope not. That is somewhere graphic. Yikes. Maybe lost somewhere in uh, someone's guts. I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. But there you go. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. All right. Well, I liked the heck out of this story because I'm so impressed by the way you did the twist. It was interesting. The only critique there, and I only heard this once, is that you were doing a very, very difficult thing in having your third person limited be focused around a character who is deliberately not thinking about the reveal. So you see that happen in books all the time where we have very tight third person, we're seeing every thought, then all of a sudden they start referring to as the plan. And of course, they know the plan is going to work out. But for some reason, they're not telling us what the plan is. Oh, yeah. Right? Which can... Really forced, limited information. Yes. For the, for the listener, or the viewer, or the reader. So that's an extraordinarily hard thing to do because you risk violating your perspective there. It's something that Brandon Sanderson talked about with the character of Kelsier in the first Mistborn book. Mm-hmm. And... I think you did a good job with it. It's something that I would just pay extra attention to doing a second draft. Because when you do it perfectly, 
then when someone reads it a second time, they get a lot more out of it, and they go, oh, that's why they had the double entendre here. Or you can even give the character a reason for not referring to the details specifically in their mind, uh, which would be like 1984 style, where they have the double think going on. Um, But, yeah, so aside from that, excellent. Uh, It was hilarious. The bonus points fully hit with the 90s technology. I love that we only see the killer for a second going, you guys are weird. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. So I'm going to give you a three out of three ghost face. I'm uh, giving you full marks here. Get all Fantastic. them ghost face. Although you did Yay. not get that creepy, creepy Billy. My secret bonus points was clearly the killer because he's creepy, well, creepy. Well, I mean, at least I made you think that maybe I got the bonus points for a little while. Yeah, and you also almost made me think that you had the whole thing because in the, in the movie, it's Billy and an accomplice. What? So oh, I was like, you oh, see, you, you just know, nailed but, it. You know, here's the thing, though. He is wearing Ghostface costume, and he and does, he does stab his girlfriend, yeah, possibly to death. So maybe he is the killer. What is that line you said? They're all stabby face we're all, killer we're all people, knife murderers, stabby here. face killer people. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, you got it exactly. I do well, want to make the guys. I do want to make the comment. I just popped into my head as Marcus was talking about all these plans. How I did really appreciate the strong perspective being from a teenager. In that the plans that both of these teenagers were carrying out were very stupid. What? (laughs) Um, It felt like the logic of a dumb teenager and the perspective was very strong. Uh, I, you from know, that person, from, from, I from the that logic point of was view. sound. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. Good. So, right, any thanks, last guys. thoughts, Mister Mister Eric? I got nothing. I just kind of want to watch it because I want to get all these movie references. I want to see what you mean, Andrew. And you you know, know, send me a text the second you know Billy's the murderer. Pro tip: <laughs> It'll be the second uh, he shows up on screen. Uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna send you a text right now. Because right. <laughs> he he's, he's actually sending you a text. He knows it. You he can knows tell. it. Oh yep. my goodness, guys! I'm feeling a little nervous all of a sudden because I just realized that I think Freddy only has five claws. I think he only has the knife glove on one hand. You don't think he's got the thumb claws? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think he only wears a glove on one hand. And I'm just imagining all the movie buffs in the audience just screaming at me right now, like Andrew's so dumb. He's and the that, dumbest boy. That was the end of sham fiction. That's <laughs> what did us in. Maybe this is like, you know, Jason X, like Jason in space, but, you know, it's like Freddy versus Jason in space, and the Freddy in space has, like, the extra claws because he's been, like, souped up, and he's, like, maximum points. He's been leveled up to the point that yep. he's got the, the ten claws on all Keep of going. his fingers. <laughs> Have we filled the time yet, guys? Yes, uh, I think we're doing just fine. All right. <laughs> uh, I gotta go read this text. Apparently, someone's telling me Billy is the killer, so I gotta go figure out what that means. Uh, uh, guys, the dredge are pure energy. You can't beat them. <laughs> you thought it was dead. It's never dead. It just keeps going back. <laughs> Always just comes back. Like uh, all these killers guys, and all these horror movies. Can, can I just end with one thought? Please. 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 Like, f- finish please us end. out here. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's end this, please. <laughs> Have a spooky halloween spooky tober yeah yay is, this is was halloween fun. tomorrow is that what's going on it's tomorrow it's if tomorrow. you're listening when this is airing if you're not hiding in one of our rooms uh-huh halloween is tomorrow so this was a fun this was a fun thing we all we did spooky stories all month i enjoyed it i'm a little scared my pants are a little wet but you know what oop, it's worth it oop. good glad that it was at least worth it yeah <laughs> So we'll see you. We'll see you next month, guys. See you then. 
Bye. Bye. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Spooky-tober may be over, but next week, Sham Fiction encourages you to don your pointy hat and dust off your flying broomstick, because we're taking you to a world of magic and adventure for British children ages 11 and up. Andrew will be writing this time, and he'll do his best to teach us the dangers of messing with the past and possibly the dangers of messing with the trolley witch. This one's a big one, guys. So we'll see you next time on Sham Fiction.